Hello and welcome to the why behind the what. My name is Nathan Elbert, and as always, I am so glad you've taken time out of your day to spend it with me via this podcast. This season, we are discussing ancient contemplative spirituality for today's transformation, hoping that what is ancient, what is tried and true will help revive our faith, heal our souls, and help us discover union with the divine. This has been my story and my experience over the last handful of years, and I am super excited to share this with you. And for those of you who were in a similar path or a similar journey where things and faith are no longer working, my hope is that what is ancient is reviving you and healing you. On this episode, episode five, we will be digging in to centering prayer, one of the more difficult yet rewarding spiritual practices. So centering prayer, let's begin. I was first introduced to centering prayer probably 12 or 14 years ago. It was during a class I took during graduate school. It was one of those classes that I didn't really care for, to be honest. Uh, Looking back, I probably wish I had paid more attention. It was one of those classes. They were pass-fail. They were only one credit. They were right after lunch. So this class was the perfect time to nap and or fall asleep in the middle of it. Most days, I could barely keep my eyes open, let alone pay attention. Confessions of a seminarian right there. Man, that you know what? That could be an entire podcast. Confessions of a seminarian. Oh, man. I might have to think on that one. I could talk a lot. But this particular class that I was in uh, focused on personal formation and spiritual transformation and formation. And it covered all sorts of spiritual practices that would give us as students space to be formed, to grow in our faith, and to broaden our spiritual practice. It was, looking back, a really important course that when you're in grad school and there's so much, especially seminary, when there's so much that's uh, head knowledge and you're learning Greek and you're learning Hebrew and you're exegeting texts and you're taking all these deep courses for your mind, there's something important about doing something for your heart and your soul. And so it sounds great, and I should have taken better opportunity of this class, but I was too stressed to really focus on this class. And so here we are in this class, and the guest presenter that week is leading this class with probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 students through guided centering prayer. Now, I don't remember how it was introduced or taught about. Remember, I was tired, had a big lunch or something. But I remember that we were told we were going to sit for about 20 minutes in our chairs, uh, that a chime would begin the session, and then after about 20 minutes, a second chime would go off and we would end the class period. The first chime went off, and there we sat in silence. And possibly within, oh, let's say 30 seconds of it going off, maybe it was a few minutes, I I don't know, I was out. I mean, fast asleep. 20 minutes later, when that chime went off, it was like the loudest alarm clock I have ever heard. I'm pretty sure I jumped out of my seat. I'm pretty sure I possibly could have snored in that class, but I also discovered a stream of drool flowing down onto my chin. And you know you're in a deep sleep when that happens. And that, my friends, was my first and basically my only experience with centering prayer for a long time. Besides the drool, um, nothing too profound happened. Uh, So for me, incorporating that practice into my life 
didn't happen. It wasn't, well, to be honest, I didn't try it again for over a decade. I had other things to do in my mind, uh, and this wasn't doing anything. It was just sitting there wasting time. And for me, as this task-oriented, gotta-get-things-done type of guy, three on the Enneagram for those of you who know it, I would prefer to get things done and do some work than sit around and do nothing. But yet, a decade later, Centering Prayer uh, has become an incredibly profound experience for my soul, one that leads me into greater peace, one that gives me a greater sense of calm, one that centers my soul, and one that allows me the space to listen for God. One of the most profound spiritual experiences I've ever had, actually, came uh, during a, a session of centering prayer with my spiritual director. Now, meeting with him, we usually sat in silence for the first section of our hour-long meeting together. And sometimes we would sit for five or ten minutes. Sometimes it was a minute. Sometimes, you know, it was a little more. But roughly it would be a good ten minutes where we would sit in silence, center ourselves before we opened into dialogue together. And as we sat in silence in this small church office uh, on two chairs that were facing one another, I began to have a physical sensation as if God was wrapping God's arms around me. It was as if I was getting this big hug. And in that moment, I simply felt like I just needed to stay there. And it was in a season where I didn't feel as if God was near. It was in a season where I wondered if what I believed in even mattered. And it was a time that I needed to know that God was close to me. And here I was in this moment, in this silence, and as we were practicing centering prayer, that God wrapped God's arms around me. And I stayed there for 40 minutes. And after about 40 minutes, I felt as if I could share with my spiritual director what I was experienced, experiencing. And those final 20 minutes of our time together was me just voicing uh, that experience. And so as I said before, centering prayer leads me into greater peace and a greater sense of calm. It centers my soul and allows me the space to listen for God. But what I realized after this experience was that centering prayer also allows me to tangibly experience the divine, especially in ways that I had always hoped. So what is centering prayer, really? Because I've been talking about it, but what is it? Well, centering prayer is a type of silent prayer in which we center ourselves upon God's presence. In a meditative way uh, during centering prayer, usually there is a word or a name for God, or a phrase uh, that, that we focus on um, and focus our mind so that can lead us to God's presence, who, as we talked about last week, is as very close to us as our very breath. Now, the word or this phrase that we use uh, has a way to bring our attention back to God. When we get distracted, and we will, by an onslaught of thoughts and distractions and to-do lists. But as we continue in this pattern, as we use that word or that name, some call it a love word, uh, a description of God, a, a title for God, as we use that word, uh, 
um, it becomes easier to sit in silence. Our mind becomes less distracted. And as we use that word to draw our attention back to the presence of the divine, the more aware we can become of God's loving presence. Now, if you have a regular practice of meditation, you may often uh, focus on breathing and becoming aware of any sensation in your body. You may um, kind of uh, do a scan of your body. You might become in sync with the rhythm of your breathing and you do your best to let your mind settle and then let your mind do what it wants. In centering prayer, although it's meditative and there are some similarities and we can focus on our breath and we can focus on our body, in centering prayer, we also incorporate prayer um, so we might be aware of the divine's presence. So our focus uh, doesn't become on the sensations of our body uh, necessarily, but it focuses on uh, the love of the divine. The Catholic priest, Father Pennington, which I've mentioned before, he has a book called Centering Prayer, uh, Renewing an Ancient Christian Prayer Form. It is a great book, by the way, if you're looking to dig a little deeper. But he says that centering prayer allows us to go beyond our thoughts and our distractions and our current situation and our stresses so that we might center uh, or that it would lead us to the center of our being where God is working a wonderful work. I love that phrase, that in centering prayer, uh, we don't do the work, but God is working a wonderful work in us through this prayer. So it's a way for us to let go of our, super se- our superficial self, uh, our false beliefs about ourselves, uh, the lies we believe about ourselves, and to be present with God as we truly are, as God's beloved creations. And the more we practice centering prayer, the more we discover it's a place where we can seek and meet God, and it truly becomes a place that centers us upon the ultimate divine center, God, God's self. And this is also why it's one of the most difficult spiritual practices. It's a practice for me where I can't do anything. I, I don't check things off my list. It forces me to be rather than to do. And in Centering Prayer, I just am as I am. Just me and my thoughts, which sometimes can be quite noisy as you sit in silence. And so even though I, I love Centering Prayer, and I do usually try to do it once a day for about 10 to 20 minutes, I struggle with it because it doesn't always seem as if I'm productive. It doesn't seem like I'm doing anything worthwhile. And for someone who loves being productive, sitting in silence doing nothing just doesn't seem worth the time. But this is also why it's an utterly essential practice. And if you're someone who is always doing, always has a task list going, uh, always needs to get something done, this is going to be an essential practice and a difficult practice for you as well. Because it leads us away from doing and teaches us uh, and allows us to be so that God works to do a wonderful work in us. So instead of me trying to achieve or to do something, centering prayer simply becomes about me being present as I am to the divine being who is always present to me. It becomes this centered place where I'm not working on my own soul or trying to be a better uh, person of faith, but where God is doing a good work in me, working on my soul. It becomes a place where I can um, 
be as close to God as my very breath, becoming aware that God is nearer than I usually think. And through it, God does a transforming work in me, and I am simply opening myself up to the one who does such a good and great work. It is an ancient practice, but it is one that continues to be uh, one that can transform our lives today. Although centering prayer might be difficult practice, it is also a freeing practice because we don't have to do anything, but the divine does something in and through us as we sit before the divine. I mean, this is great stuff because I feel like so much of the church culture I was a part of taught me I had to do more and be better for God and and make sure I didn't do this. And, And here's a list of 20 things I had to do to be a good Christian. And yet this ancient practice of centering prayer says, be before your God and let God, the transforming one, do those things in you. That is revolutionary. It's beautiful. And in a day and age when we are inundated by cell phones and notifications and constant connection and distractions, it is so freeing and refreshing to put it all away and to protect a sacred space and a sacred time to be with the divine. Now, for me, when I uh, consistently practice centering prayer, I can tangibly feel a difference in my day, a positive difference in my day. I feel less rushed. I feel less stressed, even if the day is crazy and stressful. It brings a sense of calm to the day, no matter how hectic it can be. It slows me down to the point where I walk at a slower pace. And I'm a fast walker. So this is, I mean, I physically feel this difference. I've also discovered when, if I do this early in my day, centering prayer has a way of consecrating the whole day. It, It like sets it apart as something sacred. And the whole day becomes sacred. And... I mean, it is a little bit hard for me to describe, actually, but when I practice centering prayer, it's it's like as if I'm in more uh, more in tune and aware of God's presence throughout my entire day. It's hard to describe, but that's how I feel when I do it. So centering prayer allows you to be in union with God, to be aware of the divine, to be as close uh, to God as our very breath, as we talked about in the previous episode. It's a holy act where you don't have to worry about doing, but instead you settle into simply being with your God. Now, hopefully, if you've been listening to each episode, you're starting to see how some of these practices can work together, right? Uh, Solitude helps in silence, and silence enhances solitude, and both silence and solitude are needed to do centering prayer. Now, you can do uh, centering prayer in groups. I've done that with multiple people. Um, An entire church can do it. Um, And you'll also see that the breath prayer can be a great tool in silence and solitude and centering prayer. Now, if you want to do uh, a sit or do centering prayer, I encourage you to find a place where you, won't, where you won't be disturbed. Close your door, put away anything that will distract you, silence your phone, put it away even. Uh, if you do need a timer, I, I do recommend for an, an app for your phone. I know, ironic, but there's an app called Centering Prayer, 
And uh, it's a nice timer that chimes, and it won't be an obnoxious sounding alarm that's on your phone. But you can set it to any amount of time you want, and you can even choose the type of chime that will ring at the beginning and the end of your session. As you do this, you might um, want to light a candle to symbolize that the divine's presence is with you. Uh, You may want to hold a cross or a palm cross, as they're known in your hand, to keep perhaps uh, help you keep focus on uh, on your word and um, on God. Often in centering prayer, it's encouraged to either use a breath prayer, as we discussed last episode, or a sacred word. Now, this word might be one that reveals your desire to be with God. It might be a title for God that evokes your love for the divine's presence. It might be a name or even a characteristic of God. But it's this word or this phrase that you will think upon as you start, and it will be the uh, use. It will be sorry. It'll be the word you use uh, when you become distracted, and that will draw you back into God's presence. And again, don't be distract or don't be uh, worried when you get distracted. It's going to happen. It will continue to happen. But simply become aware of the fact that you became distracted. And then use that word or use that breath prayer to draw your attention back to the present moment, back to the uh, presence of God. And once your timer ends, I encourage you just to slowly open your eyes. Don't rush back into the day. Uh, Instead, take a moment. Notice how your body feels. You might want to end with uh, a short prayer. You might want to say, thanks be to God, or you might even want to recite the Lord's Prayer, something to kind of end that time before you transition back into your regular day. If you want a, a simple outline or structure, uh, Basil Pennington, who we talked about before, he outlines this in his book that I quoted earlier. He says, first, the first step is to be in love and faith to God who dwells in the center of your being. Second, take up a love word and let it be gently present, supporting your intention to be in the Lord's presence and open to God. And third, whenever you become aware of anything, thoughts, feelings, perceptions, images, associations, simply return to the Lord with the use of your sacred word or prayer word. Another way he states it is this, be with God, use a word to stay with God, use the word to return to God. Now, on the episode of silence a few episodes ago, I ended the episode with about 10 minutes of silence, and I'm going to repeat that for this episode. And this time, I invite you, now that we've talked about silence and solitude and breath prayer and centering prayer, to use a word or a love word for God or a breath prayer to draw you into this silence. The chime will go off. I invite you to focus in on that breath prayer. Use it as a way to be with God. Use it as a way to stay with God. Use it as a way to return to God. And then when the chime goes off at the end, after about 10 minutes, you can uh, continue uh, by saying thanks be to God or ending with a prayer before you go on to the rest of your day. As I always do, I will add uh, all this information to the show notes. You can learn more at my website, nathanalbert.com. You can also subscribe to uh, my newsletter there, and you'll get some sneak peeks on what's happening next. Uh, You can buy my book, or you can even book me to come speak at your event about all this stuff. You can also connect with me on social media as well. If you haven't done so, 
please subscribe to this podcast, uh, whether that's on iTunes or Spotify, Overcast, Podbean. And if you could uh, share it in your circles, in your social media circles, leave a nice review on it on iTunes, that would be super helpful. Um, That's actually one of the best ways that not only other people can get this podcast, but it's also, it's just, I mean, I'll be honest, it's super affirming to me that I uh, send this out to you hoping people will like it, Um, but it's encouraging, it's encouragement to me, and I hope uh, that this podcast continues to be a blessing to you. Um, If you write a review, maybe I'll even put you in a raffle and send you a copy of my book um, for free, because I'm awesome like that. This podcast was written and recorded on Monacan land. And until next episode, as you center yourself through silent prayer, as you learn to be with God, as you learn to stay with God, and as you learn to return to God, may you have peace, may you have calm, and may you be